Welcome to Non-Gendered Fitness, where we explore health, fitness, transitioning, and queer life from beyond the binary. Proudly brought to you by Fearless Movement Collective, the home of queer fitness and health. And here's your host, Bowie Stobar. Hi there, welcome to Non-Gendered Fitness. This is episode 24. My name is Bowie Stover. My pronouns are they, them. And I am fluff and stoked to have you join me. This show is recorded on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty never was and never will be ceded. And I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. This episode, friends, we're back with part two of our mini-series about different training methods. And I wanted to take the time to explore ways that you can train and the outcomes that different training styles will have on your body. And today we're taking a look at endurance training in the forms of high intensity interval training, aka HIT, H-I-I-T, and steady state endurance training or steady state cardio. So since the early 2000s, I don't know if you remember way back in those days, <laughs> back in my teenage years, uh, HIIT training has grown exponentially, kind of came out as this as this new trendy fitness trend <laughs> as, as that there are these kind of training styles in fitness and they'll come and go. There's been boxing, there's been dance, there's been like all these different types of training fads that come and go and high intensity interval training has been one that has been around for a plopping long time now and some people absolutely love it. They froth it and it's gone from being this kind of smaller trend back in the early 2000s to now being accessible in pretty much any gym or training space everywhere. It's in most gyms. It's in your group training classes. You know, you've got people like Les Mills who made all these different kind of programs. You've got grit and you've got all these, you know, really intensely named training sessions that are just different variations of high intensity interval training. Now, pre-2000s, when HIIT training, as it is now known, became a thing, this style of training was actually a training method used by runners and cyclists to increase their performance. So it involves working at maximum intensity for very short periods of time or intervals, and then having an active rest. An active rest is like you're resting, but you're moving about. So you're either walking around while you catch your breath, or you're doing some chill kind of movements. It's because this allows lactic acid to leave your system and it allows your heart rate to drop. And this practice of high intensity exercises with an active rest is repeated for a duration of time over the period of the training session. Now, steady state cardio, on the other hand, is the practice of training for an extended period of time while maintaining a consistent heart rate for the duration of the session. Now, HIIT training develops muscle endurance, similar in results to steady-state cardio, and HIIT and steady-state training differ in the benefits they give your heart. So when it comes to deciding whether you want to do a steady-state cardio training session versus a high-intensity session, you are going to get different outcomes. And there are people out there, and there are trainers out there who I know preach that HIIT training all the way, HIIT training is everything, and while it has its benefits, 
you know, it's not for everyone and it's not going to necessarily be sustainable for everyone. Whereas there's also people out there who say that, you know, steady state cardio, that's what it's all about. So there's contrary beliefs, promotions of both of these in the pros and cons as well. So you'll have people who'll want to highlight all of the goods and the bads of both to try and prove their point in the training style that they favor. But let's have a clear look at why they're different. So they're different because they ask our hearts to work differently. This is a big key thing here. High intensity training sessions often go for a shorter period of time, like between 45 to 60 minutes. HIIT gets our heart rates right up and then it allows it to drop back down during active rest. So over time, this allows you to push harder for longer by building your cardio capacity and you end up being able to train harder for longer before you fatigue. So steady state cardio training, on the other hand, will generally see us working for longer periods of time while maintaining a lower heart rate that kind of stays at that one kind of level. Now, steady state session can last anywhere between 45 and 90 minutes or more. And it greatly improves your heart's ability to oxygenate your blood and pump it through your body slower. So this means you won't get out of breath as quickly and your resting heart rate will be lower as well. And it doesn't generate the same lactic acid buildup that HIIT training does. So they're two pretty big differences you'll see right there. So steady state cardio training is great for folks that are just getting into moving their bodies. It's going to offer a gradual introduction to endurance training. That is not going to obliterate you, whether you just go out and do like a really chill, slow jog, or you go do an easy bike ride and something like that. It can be much kinder on your body. And especially as we get older, our bodies don't recover as quickly or as easily as they did when we are younger. Whereas HIIT training is great if you're the type of human that wants to really push themselves because it asks a lot of you. But recovery from sessions is going to be slower than steady state cardio training, especially if you're new to training. And I know when I started out as a trainer, I ran boot camps, which is a form of high intensity interval training. And people who were new to movement, who hadn't done too much of it, or had had kind of longer breaks between being active, would jump into these classes and get absolutely annihilated because over really short periods of time, you're pushed from having done nothing to doing a whole bunch of different stuff. And it's often it's new movements and it's faster movements. It leaves you really plopping sore. <laughs> and I would see this again and again with people coming in and this messaging that people saying that high intensity training is great for, you know, oh, it's the only way to lose weight. It's the only way to gain muscle mass. It's the only way to get like it's that's false messaging because there are plenty of ways that you can get those results. But it's definitely pushed that high intensity info training is perceived as the like quote fingers, the one and only way to get the best outcome when it comes to changing the shape of your body. Untrue. But it's one of those trends that's kind of been the messaging has been skewed in that way because, you know, you can you can tell people that that's a thing that'll work for them and they'll buy into it. That's what the fitness industry does. And in the cases of when you're starting moving, and I saw this again and again, people would come in, start a training session, show up for one or two, and then find it really hard to come back. Because every time you train, you don't need to be smashing yourself. It's hard. It's discouraging. And don't get me wrong, there is a certain type of person out there who absolutely froths it and it is everything that they want. CrossFit is a perfect example of this. There are people who like that is their jam and some people are going to love it, but it's definitely not for everyone. So being mindful when you're getting active of looking into 
what steady state options you can have versus what high intensity stuff and even doing a combination because it's okay to do both. <laughs> now, whichever training style you choose, hit or steady state, you're going to see benefits in your body because you're getting active, because you're moving. And if you haven't moved in a while, you're definitely going to start noticing things changing. Now, one style is not necessarily better than the other. As much as the messaging out there wants to push and say either high intensity is better and steady state is bad or steady state is better and high intensity is bad, it's all individual. And every person's body responds differently to movement and physical activity. So there is no better than the other. There are the outcomes that you're trying to achieve. Do you just want to move a bit more? Do you want to try and improve your performance if you practice, say, a team sport or some sort of other sports outside of your training? Are you just looking at trying to get into some group activities with other people, training in a space. You know, there are so many different things that either of them can provide for you and they're all going to do some good stuff for your body. So it's going to come down to your personal preference. So feel really good about exploring all the options that are available to you. Like I said, try them out, vary them, do one of each a week, do two of each a week. I personally recommend that when it comes to all that exercises, leave it to once a week because recovery time does take longer and as we age we don't recover so well sad fact it's one I'm learning every year that I get older <laughs> and I never quite believed it when I was younger and I got into got into being a trainer in my late 20s and I spent years been able to just really work hard and since I've since I've kind of passed 30 every year since then I'm kind of like Oh, I'm not really, I'm not really feeling as, as well recovered as I usually did. I used to be able to get up and do much more intense sessions more, more consistently. And now it's, I'm spacing them out a little bit more. I'm adding lighter intensity stuff in the in-betweens and finding that for myself, I have found that the older I've gotten, the less I'm able to push myself. And that's not going to be the same for everyone, but in general, as we age, our physiology changes the way our bodies function change and we do need to be mindful of that and it plays an important role in the choices because we want to be able to move our bodies and feel good afterwards not feel like we can't move for a week because that is not going to help you long term or short term it's probably going to lead to injury it's going to lead to overtraining and that's not good and you can get that outcome from either form of this if you did steady state cardio for an hour and a half uh, having never done any sort of steady state cardio before you're going to feel it, friend, and not in a good way. <laughs> so both have their pros and cons, but really so much of it comes down to preference and what you want. The messaging out there is going to tell you all sorts of stuff because they want you to buy their stuff. Don't listen to the messaging because it is part truths and part not truths. Partly, they just want your money. <laughs> so... Really weigh up on what you want to do and who you want to train with. You know, if you've got a great coach who runs some high intensity stuff, but is flexible and accommodating and isn't going to push you beyond an unsafe limit, totally rock that. Those are good coaches, <laughs> but you don't want the coach who doesn't observe what's going on for you in a high intensity session and can't give you the support that you need because that is not going to end well, friends. 
I have seen it repeatedly with some of the coaches that I worked with, not understanding that not everyone can push themselves so far for whatever physical limitations or reasons that they've got going on for themselves and they've ended up injured. And that is the last thing that you want and it's the last thing that I think any good coach should want. They don't want to hurt their clients. And if they're willing to push you beyond a point that is safe for you, then they're more interested in you buying into their service than they are in you getting good outcomes from it. So really be wary there because those sorts of trainers are out there. And sadly, some of the trainer groups that I'm in online and in a few digital spaces, they talk like that and they commodify their clients and they don't have that care about what their overall outcome is for the client. They just care about their pockets. So these are people who will share these high intensity sessions versus steady state cardio and all of that sort of messaging out there. Take your time. You don't have to rush into picking one particular style of training. So just work with what feels good for you. So over the years, I've practiced both types of training and I personally much prefer steady state cardio because I think it is kind of on my body. It allows for safer movements And I think this is in general, not just for myself, because you're not trying to fit in like as many reps as you can within a certain time frame. When we're given a time frame on things, you're going to rush stuff because you want to get it done. It's like if you've got three exercises and you've got to do 10 of each in seven minutes, then you're going to try and get every single one of them complete as many times as you can. And rushed movements are not safe movements. Movements that are done fast don't have control. And the only way we have safe movements is if we have slow movements that are with control. If you can't control a movement, you are going to risk hurting yourself. Now, steady state cardio doesn't push you in that sort of way. So for myself, I've found over the period of time that I've trained that it's been far more beneficial for me than HIIT training has. But like I said, that is my experience. It is not going to be everyone's experience. And I'm not trying to speak for everyone or push a certain agenda because People can train however they want if it helps them feel good. I want to make a point of highlighting that when it comes to movement and doing safe movements, it is really important for folks that have started hormones or may have been on hormones for a reasonably short period of time to be really mindful of how you're moving because hormones create some big changes to our soft tissue, like our muscles, our tendons, and our ligaments. And... I'm not going to get super into it right now because I'm going to save this topic for another episode so I can really give it the full attention that it deserves. But I just want to highlight that it's really important that you work within your limits because hormones create these physiological changes in our bodies and it takes time for our bodies to adjust. And our muscles have a high volume of blood flow and our ligaments and tendons don't, which means our muscles will develop and heal faster than our ligaments and tendons will. So when we have these changes in our bodies from hormones, our ligaments and tendons may not be safe because our muscles can become stronger than what our ligaments and tendons may be able to cope with. And that leads to joint injuries. Of course, this is only anecdotal. There's not really been a lot of research invested into this stuff, but just from conversations I've had with people who have started hormones, from their experiences, from people who have had injuries, Joint injuries can be really common, especially in those early times when you start hormones. So please be aware of that. I'm not saying don't get active, but just be really cautious about your joint health. Because once you bust a joint, once you once you stretch a ligament or rupture a tendon, 
it's really challenging to recover from that because of the low amount of blood flow that those particular soft tissues have. It takes time and they generally don't like to move quite the same once you've kind of given them a little bit of damage there. So start slow. <laughs> all of this, all of this comes down to start slow, friends. You know your body best. You know what feels good for you. So go with that. Listen to what your body tells you. Your body is smart and it knows. If you've joined a class, don't give into the pressure to keep up with everyone else. And I find that this can be such a shortfall in so many group sessions because everyone else around you is doing it and they're doing lots of things. And if you're new to this, you're not necessarily going to be able to keep up. And that is totally okay. And if a coach is telling you to do more, work harder, anything like that, you just work at your pace, take it slow, and don't listen to those coaches. Like I said, I would be very cautious of any trainer that is pushing you to work as hard as you can if you're new to getting active. Because I can say from personal experience, having seen other coaches do this, it does not end well. It ends up with people having injuries, muscle tears, strains, all of that sort of really not fun stuff and just generally not a nice time for anyone involved. Now, how you may start getting active when it comes to endurance training will depend on a few things. So like I touched on earlier, it'll be things like, what do you want to do? Do you want to do group sessions, like high intensity group sessions? Do you want to do solo steady state cardio sessions? Do you want to do one-on-one -on -one sessions with a trainer, you know, because these are all options for you. Now, once you've figured out what you want to do, look at what you have access to. So are there affirming trainers or training spaces near you? Are there people that you can go to for support to access what you're looking for? What do you have the means to access? Say an independent trainer hosting group sessions, like out in outdoor spaces and parks and stuff, they're going to tend to be cheaper than if you're looking at group training sessions at a gym or like an F45 or something like that. You're going to be paying premium prices for not necessarily the best training. So being mindful of who's offering you your type of training that you're looking for is really important here. And where you're going to get the best value for your money because training is not always cheap, but expensive training does not mean it's good training. <laughs> Just putting that out there, friends. The fitness industry is an industry and it works on taking people's money regardless at times of the outcomes that people are going to get from what they're paying for. And that is just a sad truth. So looking at how far you're willing to travel to access training, you know, can you start right away for free by taking up walking or jogging? Uh, I could get that that's not necessarily an exciting option, but it's definitely a beneficial one and it's accessible, right? So there's a lot to think of when it comes to how you want to get active, how you want to participate in your preferred form of endurance training. You can also check out online trainers that may be near you or not so near you. I've seen a heap of trainers across Instagram that are offering online classes for folks that want to get more active with an affirming body positive trainer. And I shared about them in episode 17. Uh, and I will add a link to that in the show notes. So, so go and check out that episode if you're keen to see a, a decent list of affirming trainers that are available on Instagram. They offer online stuff. Now, it's not an exhaustive list. But it's definitely people that I follow and I've seen nothing but really amazing stuff from them. So they're worth a check out. 
Now, I can't go past point without saying that we run online training <laughs> through our training app. So you can get support to move your body the ways that you want right from your phone with me. You can try us out. We do seven and 14 day trials and I will link to those in the show notes. So if you're interested, I mean, I know you've heard me talk about a bunch of stuff that we do. Maybe you want to check us out. I'll give you that link there in the show notes as well. So you can maybe pop in and have a look at what we do. So what if you can't access training right now for whatever reason? Say you can't afford it. Say you're in lockdown like me (laughs) and you don't necessarily have these opportunities to go out and start looking for this stuff. The Fearless Movement Collective, my passion project that I co-founded, is currently sharing two free training videos and one live stretch session each week that you can follow along to from your home to help you get moving. You don't need equipment. You don't need anything other than like a phone that has a little bit of data so that you can watch the video. And I walk you through a whole session. There's regressions to make it easy. There's all different options that just give you an opportunity to move your body in some friendly ways. And they're really great if you're beginning to get active or if you've like maybe had some experience but just haven't done it in a while. And I know that following along to something can be so much easier than trying to watch bunches of different YouTube videos of different exercises and kind of mashing it together yourself. Now you can check out the videos that we're posting through our Facebook page, Fearless Movement Collective. I'm going to link to it, friends. Or you can pop into a Facebook group that we've partnered with some queer support services down here in Melbourne for called Free Exercise Classes online during COVID-19. It's a very original name, (laughs) but you know exactly what you're going to expect in there. You're getting free exercise classes, friends. We're hosting them all through lockdown period of COVID-19. We're getting this stuff out to you. So you can pop into that group and that is where I'm running live Facebook stretch sessions every Thursday night, Thursday, 6 p.m. Australia, East Coast time. And that is always an option. If FMC is not your flavor, because I know we are not going to be for everyone. (laughs) I know there are other trainers out there also sharing a bunch of really accessible training sessions. There's free stuff. There's stuff that's pay as you feel. There's a bunch of really amazing trans, gender diverse or allied trainers out there rocking it with the good stuff so you can try out so many different people again link into episode 17 where i've listed a bunch of those trainers in the show notes so check that out if you want to see who you may be able to work with maybe you know someone who's close to you or in your state or in your area there's options friends and it's exciting that there are that many options (laughs) yes we love options so let's go over what we've touched on today We've looked at what endurance training is by exploring high-intensity interval training or HIT and steady-state cardio training. We've looked a little bit about the outcomes it has on your body. We've looked at what you can do to get started by gaining access to affirming trainers or trying our free options that are around online at the moment. Now, you can find all these details in the show notes. If you want to find out more about us, if you want to get in contact, You can reach out to us through our website, www.fearlessmovement.co. You can check us out on Facebook at Fearless Movement Collective. You can check out on Instagram, non-gendered fitness at non 
underscore gendered underscore fitness, Fearless Movement Collective at fearless underscore movement underscore co, or me, Bowie, at the dot no dot t dot nb. So until next week, pals, remember, move in the ways that feel good for you. If you feel pressure to do more in a training session than what you are comfortable with, you do not have to do it. You can say no. You're in charge of your body and there is no shame in doing what is best for you. Have a rad as day, pals.